Arise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. So I was trying to... Ah, I was trying to fix a coffee concoction and I'm not sure it quite worked out. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Show Daily Journal. This is not Chris Ann Hall. This is J.C. Hall. Chris Ann Hall is uh, on a plane once again, and she'll be back tomorrow. She'll be back with us tomorrow. She'll be uh, tuning in, and uh, we'll be tag teaming like we did last time. She'll be coming in remotely. So appreciate you guys being with us today in the house from all over the nation and all over the world once again tacoma wenatchee washington all over washington state central florida decob county rhode island uh all over the place so appreciate you guys showing up once again and uh, tolerating the sit-in host for a moment. Oregon again, Southeast Texas, Texas, Colorado, New York again, Michigan, Colorado. Uh, I have no idea how to say that, Charlie. Niangwa. Ni Niangua, Mo Mo is Montana, right? Ah, uh, North Carolina, Montana, Washington State, KCMO, Saint Augustine, Florida, New Mexico, Pennsylvania, Boston, and Florida, Indiana. Yeah, bless your heart, Indiana, Arizona, Virginia, Arizona, Missouri. Seligman, Arizona, Occupied America, High Desert Cali, man, Nevada. I'm telling you, we go coast to coast, but we can't use that uh, title because that's already taken. Naples, Florida. Oh, man, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Southern California, Illinois, M.O. M.O. is Missouri. I should know that. I'm, I'm married to someone from Missouri, M.O. I, I, just to be honest, I took a power nap, and uh, maybe I'm still groggy. So, all right. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys being here. Check this out. Before you get confused, at the title, Kansas, Vermont, California again. Um, before you get confused about the title, Oklahoma, uh, here is what I'm talking about because the uh, Looney Tunes are running the insane asylum and now they want their kids to join in. So majority of House Democrats vote in favor of an amendment to lower the voting age to Washington, D.C., Elkhart, Indiana, welcome. Lyndon, Washington, welcome. Uh, they, they want to lower the voting age to 16. Vermont, can you believe that? Uh, yeah, we can believe that. It's crazy. I, like, as if the voting base is not uh, 
bad enough, right? Poinciana, Florida. Yep, 16 years old. Uh, there's Miss, Mrs. Miss, Miss or Mrs. I don't know if she's married, but Presley, one of the gang. Presley. She got the Kojak dude going on, man. Kojak. I don't know a lot of, not, not, not too many people can rock the Kojak look. Um, she's not rocking that one. Presley, Ayanna Presley, Massachusetts, Grace Meng of New York, and Jan Shakowski of Illinois failed 125 to 302. 125 Democrats vote in favor of it. 93 Democrats voting against it. You wonder, is that the uh is that the split? Is that the split with the Democrats, the sort of radical um you know, an indication of the number of the of the radicals uh, versus versus the deep stater uh, Democrats. I'm not sure. That's right. Sixteen year olds don't know who Kojak is. Um, so yeah, you don't know that. Telly Savalas. I'm not sure how to spell Telly Savalas. Some of you guys out there know how to do it, but Ellie Savalas rocked the the slick do. It's just all there is to it. Telly Savalas rocked the slick do. Um but Presley's not. It's not working. It's not working Presley. I'm just saying I'm not trying to be uh misogynistic. Not that I really care whether you think I'm misogynistic, but yeah there's Telly Savalas. Mr. Savalas. Kojak Remember the how many remember the old detective Kojak with the lollipop? Yeah, man. You know there were such good TV shows on back in the day, and now it's just so much crap. So age 16. Um you know, I guess it was part of um you know, part of the Jim Crow laws from the Democrats with you had to, I don't know, demonstrate you know how to write or all these sort of different things. But I don't know. There's, it seems like there ought to be, it ought to be some test and not just for, not a racial thing, but I don't know. It's like there's some test. I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you get that uh how do you get as dumb as some of the voters and the people they elect and put into office i mean i don't i don't know i i think sometimes there should be some sort of minimum standard uh of intelligence minimum standard of if you if you could figure out if you could figure out how to test someone's allegiance to uh, to American to, to basic American values and of course this is where we this is where we've lost um, uh, you know lost that because what are 
the basic American values. Here's the thing, just a little, little history lesson, a little, uh, or a little lesson on the, on the cabal. Um, when you, you know, go back and research, uh, the, uh, actually, yeah, Yule Brenner. Yes. Yes. There you go. Yule Brenner. Yule Brenner rocked the cue ball do for sure. I, I don't, what do you guys think? Um, Yule Brenner or Telly Savalas? I, I'm going to put my vote to Yule Brenner, but I don't want to influence, but let me know. Let me know what you, uh, what you think. Did Telly Savalas rock the cue ball look harder or did Yule Brenner rock it harder? I'm going to give, I'm going to give the edge. I'm going to give the edge to my man, Yule Brenner, just because of the West world cowboy, like he could, he could throw on the cowboy hat and, you know, just uh, just rock it out. And I think he had kind of a smoother dome than Yule Brenner. I mean, than uh, Telly Savalas. Telly Savalas. I mean, not that it didn't look good. Telly rocked it. But I think Yule was kind of next level. Anyway, so, yeah, it seems like <clears throat> like you need some kind of before before anybody can vote, you know. So imagine, imagine it all collapses uh, today and then it's it's JC's world. JC is now king, you know, king of America. And we're, we're still going to we're you know, I'm going to I'm going to be this is going to be how it's going to be weird in JC's world. JC is going to be king of America so that he can ensure, ensure that America stays free, stays a republic. Does that make sense? I don't know. Benevolent kingdom, right? I'm going to be the king to ensure um, our constitutional rights. So I'm, I'm, I'm like an, I'm like an overriding, overriding, you know, I, I get the override. I get the veto on it. I'll just squash whatever. Like if it's not the only duties I have as king is if, you know, you're, if, if this thing isn't still running on the rails of liberty, you know, that I, I veto that. And, uh, it's got to line up. JC, that's me. I'm JC. I'm JC Hall. I'm the other half of the Hall team. JC, you are looking at him. Chris Ann Hall and JC Hall in front of you, live in the flesh, right here. But if you're lost, call on Jesus, girl. So, some basic, basic level of understanding the principles of natural law, the principles of constitution before you get the vote. How's a 16 year old going to do that? No problem. No need to apologize. Just kidding. Just messing with you. So how's a 16, 16 year old. Come on. Who, who knows, who knows any 16 year olds? Well, I actually know some really sharp Liberty 16 year olds. I mean, the mom and dads are homeschooling, teaching the constitution, you know, teaching them what it means to be an American. I do know some, Awesome 16-year-olds. Uh, but your average 16-year-old to have the capacity to be able to vote in the right way to protect liberty. I mean, most of the people that are not 16, that are older than 16, um, don't even get what the responsibility is to liberty and the principles of liberty and to the Constitution to be voting now. And we want to and we want to lower the age to bring in more 
And thank you. Yes. So easily influenced a teenagers, easily influenced and controlled, which, of course, this is the this is the whole point with the radicals, because they're so easily influenced and controlled that that's why they want to lower the age. Now, you, you remember all the, um, you know, the David Hogg crowd marching all over for the gun right, you know, anti anti uh, anti gun protests and and all this this nonsense. But. So going back to what I was what I was about to get at, uh, you know, what are those common principles? We used to teach this thing called Americanism. There was Americanism versus uh, versus communism. And yes, I joined the I joined the Navy at 17 as well. Um, you know, I was pretty much an idiot. I don't think I should have been voting. Uh, but we used to teach Americanism versus communism. My my uh, my mom, you know, would tell me about taking that class. She took that class. She had that course. You know, we don't have that anymore. We don't teach about communism. But you look back, you look back in history, look back at the cabal, you know. So back in the day, uh, you got the Council on Foreign Relations members coming up with this scheme uh, to create something called the United Nations. And uh, so these CFR members, Council on Foreign Relations, take their scheme uh, to the president, Mr. Roosevelt, he's all for it. We get the United Nations and we want to have um, this, you know, one world military, one world police force. So the bankers control the economy and the taxes and the war and the weapons and all this sort of thing. And, you know, war is their big moneymaker. It's a big moneymaker for the cabal, the globalist. And uh, one of the, you know, so, so they want perpetual war. You think about you think about one of the first ones under when the United Nations is here, um, the Korean War. You got the Soviets saying, OK, yeah, let's do let's have the Korean War. The Soviets don't even veto the Korean War because they didn't want to go against the interest of Rockefeller who had bought, bought up the Russian oil fields uh, and Rockefeller was then invested in uh, all the steel manufacturing, the chemical uh, plants, oil. I mean, the entire war machine, he's making, uh, you know, everything, everything to make war happen and make it a killing off of this. The Soviets begin selling uh, the, the, uh, the tanks to North Korea, supplying North Korea weapons. So they get a windfall off of this and, House of Rockefeller's funding both sides and, um, you know, $75 million loan to 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 fund uh, to support the Soviets so that they don't collapse like the Soviet Union wouldn't even have succeeded uh, without the Rockefeller's backing. And so it's war, 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 make money, make money off the war. But, you know, one of the because in that in part of the again, the ultimate goal is global global government to bond the crap out of these places. And one of the things going on in, in these globalist war is it causes mass migrations. It breaks down borders. People are dispersed all over the place. And this dispersal of people breaks down. And this is a dirty word today. Nationalism. What do I mean by nationalism? Like you say, nationalism, you think Nazi. What I mean is a, a people 
with a common history, common culture, common shared values, right? Now everything is is just everybody from everywhere all over the planet, right? This is what war, this is one of the effects of the war and why the globalist one world government machine makes war, loves war, funds war is because war disperses people. And then you get all this influx of all kind of different ideas. Uh, and, and, and then, you know, of course, in our uh, form of government, we're so much more susceptible because, you know, it's, it's freedom. So we're going to make you believe anything. We're not going to force you to believe anything. And then we no longer teach you anything. And so here we are today. This is one of the problems because of the globalist scheme and script that's been being carried out for many many decades and war being a key tool of that is that now what are those what are those values what are american values what is a person supposed to know and learn so that they can be tested on to be sure that they are you know reasonable uh people to be making decisions about this republic so that's one of the problems uh, you know, then you throw in and again, same people, same group, almost the same names, really. Carnegie, Rockefeller, Mellon, all the I mean, all the same. So besides the war, dispersal of, of the people, breaking down whatever shared history, shared values that you have. Uh, the same group of people take over the education system. For their globalist one world agenda. Uh, it's interesting that. Back. Back then, uh, at the outset of, you know, what was known as the League of Nations, which came to be the United Nations, uh, the thought back then, they talked very openly about global government. And they were called internationalist. That was the dirty word back then. These these internationalist and this internationalist agenda. And now we say globalist, new world order. Um but back then they kind of talked openly, like it was this utopian idea. We're all, you know, we're all one, one planet. So we just need, uh, we just need one, uh, one government, one court, one military, uh, you know, to rule the world. And so that's still the agenda. It, it was, it received such pushback early on uh, that now, you know, they cease to talk as openly about it as they did back then and now you know now you you go on and you find the origins and you see you know and then you look at um the writings of people like cecil rhodes and um you know carnegie and rockefeller and all these people and and, and all their sort of global government dreams and now you're accused of being a conspiracy theorist i mean really all you have to do is read the things that they themselves said but but this is this is part of it. So this whole bit of uh, let's let's lower the voting age, right? Let's lower the voting age. Uh, what sort of argument are they they put forth to this kind of thing? You know, they always couch it in uh, discrimination. So that's why you have racism, sexism, ageism, ableism. You know, whatever. So they make it out. Oh, these are people, too. And they're not represented, represented. And these kids are so passionate about the things going on. It's their planet, too. You know, all this sort of stuff. 
Well, that's all pretense. It's all a bunch of pretense garbage to cover what the real agenda is, what the real desire is. So there's nothing to do with, you know, let's let's give let's give the kids a role and a part. Uh, no, it's not about that. It's the idea that they know they know kids can be manipulated and influenced. These are the easiest people to manipulate and influence. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say this to you. This is the same thing that th this is how they view uh, the minority communities. They do their best to keep the minorities poor and dependent. And so therefore they know they can manipulate them. That's that's the point. That's what they've done to the minority communities around this nation. You look at you look at all the uh, matter of fact, let me pull this up. You look at all the uh, minority community urban centers uh, all around the uh, the United States. And they've been ravaged and destroyed by Democrats. It's all run by Democrats. And it's an absolute mess. And they, they're, they're totally uh, upset about what's going on, yet they continue to vote in the same people that destroy their cities. Because this is what They've this is what the cabal has done to them. Look at this. Let me give you an example. This is out of Baltimore. City student passes three classes in four years. Three classes. Who's been in school for it? So he's a senior. High school senior who his entire school experience, he's passed three classes. Yet he ranks near the top half of his class. Oh, but he needs to vote. Needs to vote. He's 17. He's a year older, right? He, he would have been voting an entire year. And he's passed three, three classes in Baltimore City High School. Uh, so there's something called Project Baltimore, which is analyzing all this, the grades and data and whatnot, uh, found this school, shocking discovery out of Baltimore City High School. It's a school where a student who passed three classes in four years ranks near the top half of his class with a 0.13 grade point average. Even mine was higher than that. And this is very sad. So here, here's an example of what I'm saying, what these globalists do to these communities and how they just, they have them in bondage. So look at this, Tiffany France, the mom, this is very sad. It, it really is sad. Tiffany France thought her son would receive his diploma this coming June, but after four years of high school, France just learned her 70-year-old must start over. He's been moved back to ninth grade. Okay, now listen to what she says. He's stressed. I am too. I told him I'm probably going to start crying. I don't know what to do for him. Why would he do three more years in school? He didn't fail. The school failed him. The school failed at their job. They failed. 
They failed. That's the problem here. They failed. They failed. He didn't deserve that. Um, <sighs> Tiffany, my heart breaks for you. Yes, the school failed him. But you just found out. He's a he's he's a, in the senior year. You think you thought he was going to graduate uh, three months from now and you just figured out, no, he's not. And they're saying he's got to go do it all over again. Um, I, I'm not trying to be harsh here. I feel bad for your situation. But my dear lady, you are the mom. Uh, you failed him as well. Yes, the school failed him. Uh, but here's another thing. You've, you've obviously failed him since you, you don't even know. You didn't even know. And now you just found out. Number two, if you vote, uh, I'm assuming you and the rest of your community voted in these Democrat globalists who did this to him and to your schools and to your community. This has been Baltimore for many decades now that the people that you elect, I don't know, maybe she didn't vote for them. Maybe she didn't vote at all. I don't know. But the people in that city, this is the leadership you vote for, and this is what they do to your children. So lots of blame to go around, but you need to include yourself in that blame. For sure. But this is the whole point. And what what is happening here? This is part of the globalist agenda. For the one world government, the rise of the Antichrist system so that the people will be so stupid and so easily manipulated, so dependent. What what is what is, you know, not that you. Not that you, you know, you need high school, the public school and high school, you know, to be successful, you don't. Um, but you know, what, what are, what do you suppose just on the surface, what do you suppose are the uh, potential opportunities for this young man? You know, so now he doesn't, I wish some, you know, I wish I could get to him, talk to him. Somebody could mentor this kid because, uh, you know, this doesn't have to, this doesn't have to determine your future, your destiny. It does not. However, the system is set up so that you have to look at this young man uh, and say, well, he probably doesn't have he doesn't have many chances. This is where this is what they want. This is where they've put him. This is how they've tried to shape this young man and many just like him so that they'll be dependent on the state. You'll need welfare. You'll need help. You'll need assistance. You'll need all this stuff. An absolute uh, prison of poverty, both financially, mentally. So that you'll be dependent on the slave masters and have to remain on the plantation. And the thing about this plantation is you you get to ostensibly vote for and select who are your slave masters. And they've trained you to pick and choose the slave masters who are going to dominate the rest of humanity in order to dumb them down and make them dependent so that they can continually push their agenda. Because the thing about it is, the, the way, we, and you you look through history, it's the same, it's the same script over and over and over again. Look at the history of war, and you can see this stuff. 
that they have to they have to create justifications. They have to make the cattle want to believe in a good reason to give the cattle's meat their milk. Excuse me. They milk the cattle, but they want the cattle, you know, to want to go along. You know, so 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 this is the thing. They put him in a position where where the people beg for it. They beg for bondage. They go sign up for bondage. They fill out the form and petition the government for bondage. It's like going to a chain and shackle store and buying chains and shackles for yourself. Because this is how the system is set up. So uh, let me say this very clearly. This is a, this is a uh, from our point of view, obviously a failure, a failure of the parents, you know, failure schools, failure of so many. Uh, but in fact, from the point of view of the globalist cabal, this is a success story. This is actually an educational success story. If you truly understand the purpose of the American educational system, if you understand their mission and their goals, I mean, uh, John Dewey is referred to as the father of the modern American education system. He and his colleagues, G. Stanley Hall, Wilhelm Wundt, uh, they all wrote very openly about what they intended to achieve with the American education system that they built. Uh, so this young man is not a failure of that system. He is a success story of that system because this is exactly what the outcome of the system is intended to be. The fact of the matter is education reformers who are trying to fix this are fighting against the system itself. The system was not built to be fixed, the education system. It was not built to educate people. The And, and this is not conspiracy theory. You can, you can read the journals of John Dewey. Google John Dewey. It's not like some mystery. Go find it. Go, go look up John Dewey. Who is John Dewey? And you will see the moniker of John Dewey is father of the modern American education system. Then I encourage you, go read John Dewey's journals and his disciple, G. Stanley Hall, and their master, Wilhelm Wundt, in, in experimental psychology. The, the, what Wilhelm Wundt, they call the father of experimental psychology. Uh, the education system is a psychological experiment. And G. Stanley Hall, Wilhelm Wundt, talked very openly about producing children who cannot read. Yes, I said that correctly. The father of the modern American education system, his disciple, G. Stanley Hall, said openly and directly that they preferred illiteracy, illiterates, because illiterates, they said, were not encumbered with all this vacuous reading, in G. Stanley Hall's words. Chrisanne has an article, chrisannehall.com, called Stolen Education, Stolen Children, Stolen Future, where she outlines much of this history. 
So sad to say, uh, this poor kid is exactly what the American education system is intended to produce. And that's correct. Chris Ann Hall and her article, Stolen Education, Stolen Children, Stolen Future, uh, is where she boils down the information in a book called The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America by Charlotte Isabel, who was uh, on the, in the um, education Department of Education under Ronald Reagan. She did, she did some digging and searching and discovered the history and the basis for the American education system and the socialist infiltration. And she was summarily dismissed from the Reagan administration uh, for exposing the agenda within the education system. Um, yeah, so go check out that article and you'll you will come to realize if you don't already know that um, this this is a success for American education. You have so many. So many well-intentioned teachers who they don't even know this information. They don't know what kind of system they're working in. Um, they don't know. Uh, many of them don't know the origin uh, of of what they teach and why they teach it. And now, you, uh, I saw a video today. I think it's Minnesota and this is happening all over, not just Minnesota, but there, you know, there's a whole education plan, education reform, so-called education reform. Now they want to take the, they want to take all the history, actual history out of it. It's fascinating. I was listening to one of the representatives, Minnesota talk about it. And he said, they want to take out the history of the uh, American revolution uh, World War One, World War Two, Civil War, a lot of the war history um, taken out. So they no longer want to teach the history of the war, which is fascinating to me because um, they they never actually taught um, they never actually taught meaningful history surrounding the history of the world wars that we've had. Um, but maybe that makes one maybe that makes people want to research and look further and they might stumble upon actual history and information. I don't know if I, I uh, for the longest time and still I find world war two history to be very interesting and fascinating, particularly the Pacific theater, world war two Pacific theater history. And I was, uh, I, I've been fascinated and interested in that for a long time. And I, I realized something I realized not too long ago is I was, I was watching um, a, a series on the Smithsonian channel called the, called the Pacific. And it dawned on me how, how I, uh, while I was watching this, how, how much information uh, that they share. Yes, that's right, Marie. 
mostly history dates. That's part of the scheme. So one of their one of their techniques is to make the learning of history so boring uh, that that you think history doesn't matter. It's not interesting. You don't want to pursue it. So that that is a technique that they use, because if you dig too far in history, you'll start learning their agenda. You'll learn their schemes. You'll learn their scripts. You'll learn who they are, what they're about, where their networks are, and more importantly, what they're about to do next. And so they they intentionally make history boring because it's actually not when you study real history. And, you, you know, you can sit through one of Chris Ann's classes and, you know, not going to be boring. I promise you that. Uh, so that is a technique that they use. But the world back to the World War Two history. As a, I was astounded, you can watch this for hours and I, and, I, and I would watch this for hours. And it was just loads and loads and loads of information. And then I realized they said nothing. They actually are saying nothing. I, I knew people. I, I know people that are like walking encyclopedias that they can, you know, spout all this stuff that you hear about World War II, Pacific theater. Um, you know, so it's all it, it's typically all the, the battles. You know, this battle was fought on this island and, you know, these these the here are the Marines they went to. Uh, you know, whatever island Japanese were hiding in the caves and wouldn't come out and they were trying to charge this hill and all these didn't getting killed. And here are these names of all these hills um, and the Japanese wouldn't come out of the caves. They had to use flamethrowers and, you know, they freed the uh, the Koreans that were being held by the Japanese, you know, just on and on and on. Um, all this stuff, all the details. I mean, details, 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 tons. You could fill volumes and volumes, and volumes of books and they say nothing. I know people who are walking encyclopedias of this information about Pacific theater war. And you know nothing. You know what? They know nothing, nothing about World War II. They could talk without stopping for days. And they will tell you nothing, nothing of significance about the real important things about World War II. It is. It is absolutely fascinating. So, so the idea, and, and I, and here's what the other thing I think maybe in the teaching, what what used to be, and and I, the radicals, they apparently they don't recognize this. You know, it's being swapped out. It's not like oh, you know, we don't like this, and we're going to get rid of it. It's being swapped out for the new, uh, you know, white fragility uh, narrative, the whole race thing. So they want to trade it out to uh, let's let's study the systemic ra systemic racism in the system. You know, we want to learn about uh, what particular groups have been disadvantaged because of this, that, and the other about America. This is now, now this is what they want to teach instead of history. They really weren't teaching anything in history in the first place. They were teaching propaganda and there's no significant, you know, important things that you learn when you study World War II history and, you know, all, all these sort of things. They're not going to tell you, you, you never hear about the forces behind the wars, you know, uh, think about this, the, for instance, the speech, I think it was FDR, I believe, comes out, gives a speech, and he's he has he has secret documents that outline the Germans, uh, the German scheme to take over the world. And he starts you know, saying that you know they they want this one world Nazi church, and they're going to come and take all your churches away, and blah blah blah. I have these secret documents. You, you can I think you can still find his secret document speech. Only thing is. The secret docu documents were forgeries by British Secret Service. 
in order to get the Americans uh, on board with entering the war. Because the attitude in America at that time was, we didn't get involved in wars that have nothing to do with us. We're not going to get involved in all these foreign entanglements. And so there's all this propaganda about the Hun, and the Nips and the Huns and you know, all, all this stuff that most of it is not true. Uh, I think uh, FDR gives a speech about um, uh, the, uh, what was it, the, the, the uh, Gary... Uh, the Gary and the Kearney, I think, were the were the two uh, naval vessels. And uh, and what and what's of course, what's funny now, because this uh, I talked about this before. What's funny is now when you talk about the actual history, it's like, oh, so you support Hitler. You think Hitler is a good guy. Oh, you're an anti-Semite and all this sort of stuff. So it, 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 they make it where the discussion is is toxic that you can't like you're not supposed to say that. And as soon as you say something. Then, oh, well, you're, you know, you're, you're pro-Nazi and Hitler was a good guy. You're, oh, you're saying Hitler was just a misunderstood poor guy, poor Hitler, whatever. <laughs> That's how brainwashed. That's how controlled people are. So you, you can't even hardly talk about the stuff, the, the, the Pearl Harbor, right? So back to the Navy thing. So the Navy vessels, they, one Navy vessel gets torpedoed, 11, uh, 11 sailors die and, FDR comes out and give his speech about, oh, you, see, you know, we one thing's for sure. We didn't fire the first shot. You know, so now we have justification because, oh, the Germans have torpedoed this naval vessel. Uh, he didn't include in the speech that they were dropping depth charges on the submarine to drive it up so that the British, uh, the British could bomb the U-boats. Right. So and not just, you know, hey, maybe they needed to do that. But the point was he intentionally came out like he knows that. But he comes out and says, well, we didn't fire the first shot and, and intentionally conceals the other information. So this is a whole thing where it's always some they always have to distort what's actually happening and 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 sprinkle some lies in there to get the American people to support support war. And I remember as a as a veteran, military veteran and being in the military and how, you know, they're they just program you to, you know, wrap it all in the flag and oh stars and stripes you know america hoorah blah 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 and they so they get you brainwashed as military service member and we think you know i think as a military service member i'm doing my duty to my country to my fellow fellow americans uh fighting for liberty around the world bring democracy democracy around the world that's that's the kind of stuff they used to tell you tell us and um, so, but anyway, my point is that like, there's so many details, so many details that they leave out that you don't know that gives an indication of how people are manipulated, how, how we as military service members were used as pawns in a bigger scheme to carry out somebody else's agenda that's not our own. That's not what we've been taught is the agenda and mission of our country and what our country stands for. That's why, that's why they don't want you to learn real history. So you, you don't hear about this stuff. Go, go watch, go watch, get any of those videos, watch any of those shows about world war two history, any of them. And I, and, and, and then come back and tell me what you actually learned. Tell me if, tell me if they mentioned Rockefeller at all. Tell me if Carnegie was referenced at all. 
Uh, tell me if they tell me if they talk about uh, who manufactured the munitions. Right. Watch any World War II documentary and and send me a send me a link, send me a copy, make a note. Tell me. Go ahead. Watch days, days, they spend days watching them, watch them all day long around the clock. And the first time the first time that you hear them discuss. Uh, oh, I, right. And I'm an idiot because this is history. And Ken, you can go look it up. So you're actually the idiot for believing the propaganda. Sorry, bro. So if you want to run around the world killing people wrapped in the flag because they tell you that, you know, you're fighting who they say you're fighting and that's what you believe. Sorry, bro. You're the idiot. Because nobody makes money off war. Right, Ken? <laughs> uh, does anybody uh, does anybody look like how how did the how did these rich goons where do they get their money from nobody asks these questions nobody actually looks who these people are who started these organizations who runs the organizations who tells them what to do right where do you hear do you ever hear that in any of these documentaries nope you don't but morons like Ken gobble it up like it take it, it'll take you it'll take you 30 seconds tops to find the truth on the Internet. But people are so brainwashed. They love being slaves. They love being ruled and owned by other human beings. They love it so much that they won't do it. They won't do it. And they block out. They block out information. They don't want to hear it. They won't receive it. Because the slave life is so much more comfortable. When you reject being a slave, here's the thing. When the slaves left the plantation, like all of a sudden you were in the wilderness. You, you think about you think about the group that Sherman rolled up on in the Civil War of over 15,000 black Americans in Savannah dying of starvation, dying of disease. Because they were suddenly displaced from the plantation where, yes, they were beaten and abused, but they were fed. They were housed. Right. They. Despite the brutal, inhuman, just just inhumane brutality that the slave would exp could experience on the um, on the plantation, it was a crapshoot. It took courage and they knew they were risking their life to run away and leave the plantation because of all the risk. This is exactly the mental bondage that's on people like Ken today. They're afraid to to receive the truth because it might force them off the plantation into a place that's not safe. They've been made to feel more comfortable as a slave to the political plantation. The, the lies, and by the way, this is bipartisan. The, uh, this is not Democrat or Republican. This is Democrat and Republican. And this is a military veteran telling you this. So we, we are, we're lied to, to drive us into war with, not to say that 
I'm not saying that there are they're not bad people doing bad things that need to be dealt with. What I'm telling you is that when the bad people are on the scene, assuming that we didn't create them in the first place, when the bad people are on the scene, the global the globalists leverage that for their advantage. So you can say Hitler was a bad guy, killing Jews, doing evil things, which I'm not arguing that. But here's the deal. What they do is they take advantage of that. You think back to the Korean War. War. What was the strategy of the Korean War? What was the articulated strategy of the Korean War? Defeat the communists in the North? Liberate the North? No, my friend. The articulated strategy was containment. Containment. What did that give us? The DMZ, the demilitarized zone, the most militarized piece of land on the planet called the demilitarized zone. It's almost like they're mocking you. It was containment. So in other words, there's no interest in, in having the conflict to cease by being victorious. No, the idea was to have the DMZ so you're in perpetual state of war. And look, look at the boondoggle in South Korea. Look at the massive military industrial complex complex that just that centers on the Korean peninsula. Because they orchestrated it in such a way they leveraged the evil of evil men. So they see an evil, uh, evil actor on the scene, an evil agent on the scene. They say, oh, we can use this. We can sell more bombs. We can prolong. Carnegie famously wrote his letter that he wanted the, the war to be as long as it could be. If, if this war drags out, then more people will beg for global governance because they'll be ready for peace. See, there, there is a reason they leverage chaos. They leverage calamity. They leverage destruction. Destruction is their business. It is their commodity to forward their agenda. Do you think they are unhappy about COVID? No, my friend. They are not. The World Economic Forum Go read to go watch their videos. The World Economic Forum, in their own words, not mine, Ken. Not mine. I'm not saying this, Ken. They're saying this. This is a great, quote unquote, great opportunity. COVID is a great opportunity, the World Economic Forum says. Morons like Mark Benioff, morons like Ken, but a lot richer than Ken think this is a great opportunity. And then Mark Benioff, CEO of Salesforce, can, can lecture you about being, quote, focused on the maximization of profits while Mark Benioff, this is how dumb Ken is. Ken follows guys like this. Ken is so stupid that he can listen to a billionaire, Mark Benioff, whose company uses a software specifically made to maximize profits of other companies. While he lectures you and says maximizing profits is evil. That's the kind of that's the kind of guy that Ken the idiot cheers for. 
and the rest of the brainwash people who don't want to leave the plantation. Ken is just Ken is just a slave. Ken, K-I-N, Ken. No, K-E-N. Mr. Ken in the chat room. Who thinks we're idiots for exposing the scheme to dominate the rest of humanity? So this is this is the this is this this is what's going on. This is the scheme. So all of what you see. So when you see the Democrats doing these things and these various things, they're not random. They're not disconnected. The goal, the goal, the ultimate goal is global governance, a one world government. One world government. So this is this is why they hate the idea of state sovereignty. They hate the idea of individual rights. They hate national sovereignty, borders, right? Borders indicating this is one nation. We have shared values. We have shared history. We have shared principles. We have a shared standard of law. Is what these borders indicate. So all of this, right? Why, why, why the failing education system? Why government dependence, handouts? Why the cancel culture, right? The cancel culture, oh, because they hate white people. No, it's got, it, 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 that, that's, that's pretense. It's not about race. It's not about race. It's about division. Race is, is just a convenient way to do that. They don't, they don't really care that you're white. Just like we don't care that that somebody's not white, that they're brown skin, black, whatever. No, they don't. They don't actually. Here's the thing: they don't. I mean, some useful idiots. Some of the useful idiots do the fanatics, whatever. But but that's. It's not about that. It's not about that. They honestly, you say they, they hate white people. Actually, they don't. They really don't. It's just a pretense. It's just that race is a convenient a tool to use to divide you. All oh, Democrats hate Republicans. No, they actually don't. They actually don't. They don't care. The point is division and control. When you can divide a people, weaken a people, and say, oh, America's falling apart. The Constitution doesn't work. The government is ineffective. They can't, they can't, they can't govern themselves. So hey, here's what we need. We need a one-world government. We need a one-world police force, one-world economy, one-world military, one-world religion. That's the point, guys. That's the point. That's globalism. That is the point. All the rest of this stuff is window dressing. It's a means to an end. Means to an end. That's what's happening. This is what war is about. Oh, is Ken calling you and somebody else an idiot? Sorry, Ken. I I went to public school, bro. Uh, You know, I'm a victim of the illiteracy agenda. Sorry, Ken. But but this is what it's about. It's, It's globalist one world government. That's the deal. Now, Ken might not be angry. It, it might be me. I'm, you know, public school taught me to read. What can I say? Sorry, Ken. But so keep that in mind, guys. If if you understand this, you understand most mush, mush, mushka McKim, new, new girl. If you get this, you understand more then what 99% of the people you pass every day understand. Yeah, they, they don't get it. You look around, you realize all this happened in politics, the government, all that they have their hand on. There is a globalist 
cabal of uber wealthy central bankers and their ilk that they manipulate and control the entire system to drive it to a consolidated global governance system, consolidate the economy, the political system, the religious system, the military, the police, so that everything funnels to them so that they get all the wealth, they have all the power. This is what it's all about. And then once they have that power and their vision is then they can shape the world however they see fit with a snap of the finger. That is what is going on, ladies and gentlemen. That is the broad view of everything we're seeing. It all fits into that agenda. This, this is what you're fighting. And all these little pieces down below is what they use to make it happen. Yep. 13 families. Uh, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I mean, and you get blamed. Oh, conspiracy theory, blah, blah, blah. Research it. Research it. It's not that hard. It's really not that hard. It's crazy how you, you get accused. Oh, this is conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. All right. But it's not theory. It's absolutely not theory. And it's so easy to go find. It's so easy to go find. It's crazy. Luciferian. Luciferianism, their religion, right? They believe Lucer, Lucifer is the origin of, of everything, right? He's the light giver. Wisdom. He brings wisdom. And then they're all, they're going to, Blavatsky's come Blavatsky, look up Blavatsky. And all this is going to coalesce, you know, into one religion, the spirituality of humanity from Lucifer, the light giver, the source of wisdom, the spring of all religion. This is this is what they believe. Not theory. It's a fact. It's an absolute fact. And uh not not hard to find. I think people are just afraid to see it because they want their comfort. They want their comfort of the plantation. Don't throw me out in the dark, master. Don't make me run through the woods, master. I want that warm meal that you can give me. I want that slop. It may be slop, but at least I have something to eat. I don't want to leave the plantation. That's their mentality. So I'm done. You guys are not slaves you are off the plantation you know the design you are now the rebellion and the slave master is going to be put out of a job just the way it is appreciate you guys tuning in see you next time We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power. 
and we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged. One person will stand up upon a single person. And then everybody else will stand. A gym member surrounded by a crowd of supporters was placed in handcuffs. A Tampa Bay pastor has been arrested, sentenced to a week in she jail. She also and tore up a cease and desist letter. We have a posterity waiting for us to say, we will not comply so you will be free. We have a chance to fight without bloodshed. But every time we comply, we establish a future where our children will not have that option. Why do we sit down when all should be standing? And why do we?